Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Welcome back, my safe space friends. I have a great follow-up episode today with Sean Young from Sitting with Sean podcast. He's going to come on, and he's even keeping the details for me. I tried to get a little bit of a peekaboo before we start the follow-up, but just to do a little bit of a recap, uh, Sean on our last episode gave us the rundown on all of his earlier years, his time with, mov- his time with moving around with the military, um, what really inspired him to start his podcast and really um, share the experiences of living a sober life and, you know, what it's like when you fall off and get back on the horse. He also does work with peer counseling as far as justice-involved veterans. That's his specialty. Um, but he's definitely come on today to let us know about spiritual awakenings and you know, that 3D life coming to kick you when you think you're down and really showing you you get to be the phoenix rising from the ashes. Welcome back, Sean. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate being back here. Um, Life has definitely changed, not just geographically, but in all aspects of my life um, since the last time that we talked. And it's just been insane, absolutely absolutely insane some of the some of the things that have happened some of the i don't i don't believe that there's coincidences in this world anymore um but some of the more um unexplainable things that have happened since we last talked have kind of like opened my eyes to life is changing and you need to go with it you need to stop fighting it and just go with it so Oh, so the last time we left off, you were living in Anchorage, Alaska, and now you are not living there. So what has transpired since then? And you've used like healing terms, like we talked about chi, we got some crystal bracelets on, Um, we're, we're, we're going through another spiritual awakening. So what does that look like to you? Okay, so what happened um december 1st of this of 2022 um i was at home and my soon-to-be ex-wife came to me and said um i'm not happy and i don't want to be in this relationship anymore in a matter of four days she went from saying i don't want to be in this marriage anymore to fully packed up and moved out of the house her and the kids and there was very little conversation, very little anything, really. I mean, there was a lot that was said, but nothing that, no, no reason why, no, no, no explanation as to what I did wrong. Because I felt like I did something wrong, right? Because you, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm not happy, I automatically go to myself. What have I done wrong? How can I fix it? And that instantly put me in a men- in a place of a mental down spiral, dude. Like, it was terrible. Um, she took the dog. She took the cats. 
she took the kids. My purpose in life was to be a father, to be a husband. And I no longer had a purpose. I mean, I had a purpose outside of that helping vets and stuff like that. But my purpose, my main purpose was gone. And it shattered me, absolutely shattered me. Every day I was crying, every single day. And and I don't think that there was a minute I wasn't. Like I cried for like fucking months straight. Um, I'd never experienced pure heartbreak until then. And, and we're not talking about the heartbreak of, oh, this sucks. Like, I mean, my chest hurt. But yeah, physical heartbreak. Yeah, my chest hurt. Um, I was going into panic attacks. I'd never had panic attacks before then. Like, it, it was the worst situation in my life. And I sat there with myself and I started going over some of the things because people started noticing that I was not okay. Like my Facebook posts, my TikTok posts were nothing, not good. And so people started reaching out to me and I said, I need to get into what I learned in my early recovery, right? Because your sobriety and your recovery is not really tested until something bad happens. And they give you all the best case scenarios of, okay, this could happen, you know, relapse could happen, this could happen, this is what you do, but your recovery is not really tested until those the really bad things happen. And I dived into my recovery. I dived into reaching out. I was never the person to reach out when something bad happened. I always internalized it. I always tried to figure it out on my own. But this time I reached out and I started going, I, you know, I, I, my recovery prior to this, I didn't really need to go to meetings because my recovery was strong, right? I mean, I went to meetings every once in a while if I felt like I needed it, but this time it was like, I need, I need them. I fucking need them because I don't feel okay. And so I was going to AA meetings. I was going to refuge recovery, which is a, um, a Buddhist based recovery program, 12 step as well. Um, but I was also, um, I was also going to other meetings and I was attending veteran RN meetings and I was still doing everything that I was doing prior to this, but I just felt so empty and everybody kept coming back to me and saying, Hey man, we don't want you to relapse. That wasn't even a fucking thought in my brain, not even a thought because I knew that if I did relapse, it was either I was dead or I'm never coming back from it. Like that's the mindset that I'm in. Either I'm I'm gonna die, or I'm not coming back from it at all. And I knew that alcohol wouldn't help me. No substance would help me. The only thing that would help me is me staying sober and me practicing my program. So for a month, or sorry, for for a week and a half straight, I sat in the same house that I was in, the same shit that I was in. I had to wake up to all the memories that I had of, of us. I had to wake up to all the pictures on the wall of, of us and the family. And I had to wake up to every bit of it. And it was just gut wrenching. I was barely eating, barely sleeping. Uh, I mean, I ate once a day because there wasn't enough food in the house to last me. I had to portion out my food. I was barely sleeping because I couldn't sleep. Um, I wasn't showering because the shower didn't feel appealing to me. I only wanted to sit in front of my TV and watch something that would bring me happiness, but nothing brought me happiness, whatever, whatsoever. And so one of my best friends, Sean, uh, oddly enough, spelled the same too. He lives in Nashville. I went to visit him in uh, 
that's obvious. He was like, I can't watch you go through this. He said, I can't. And it just so happens, like, he was a medic when I was in the Army. He was one of my medics. And he was like, I cannot watch you go through this, man. He was like, this hurts me to watch you go through it because you've been strong for everybody else. And now you are the weakest person in the room. I was like, yeah, I get it. And he was like, when can, you know, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? And I said, I want to go home. And home isn't in Alaska. Home is Harpers Ferry, Sharpsburg area. That's where home is. That's where my heart is. That's where everything is. And um, he was like, well, why don't you just book a plane? I was like, I paid all the bills. She did it right as I paid all the bills. So I was broke. I had nothing. Dude, like literally nothing. I had all these physical things, but I could not change my situation. And he said, I'll buy you a ticket. He's like, you just pay me back. So he bought me a ticket. And uh, I flew down here with the intention of staying here for a month. I was literally like, I'm just going to stay here a month, right? I want to recenter, refocus, gather myself, pick myself back up, and come back stronger, come back to Alaska stronger. And in that time, um, from the time that she left, you know, to now, I mean, I would say maybe a week ago, she would call me every few days. And, and but no text, no nothing, and it was just driving me absolutely crazy because she was telling me everything I wanted to hear, but the actions weren't matching. And it was, it, it was, it, it it hurt because I wanted the words to match the actions, right? I wanted, I wanted everything that she was telling me to actually happen, and none of it was. And I got here, and. Dude, the first thing that happened when I got on the plane from Anchorage to Denver, I said, I don't want to go because I know what happens when I leave. And I got to Denver and I said, I don't want to leave because I know what the fuck happens when I leave. I got here, got to the house. My dad said, you don't look happy. And I said, I don't want to be here because I know what happens from this point forward. And I always had it in my brain that if I ever left, I'm not coming back. But I thought I was, right? So I, I still had that in my mind that I'm coming back to Alaska. But I guess subconsciously, I knew I wasn't coming back, that there was nothing there for me. As much as I wanted there to be something there for me, there was nothing left there for me. As much as I wanted it to work, as much as I wanted her to be like, come back home, I'm I'm here. I knew it wasn't going to happen. So I sat here and I started trying to figure things out. The who, the what, the why. Because there was a who, I just had to figure out who it was. I had to figure out the why. Because there was a reason why. And so people started reaching out to me. Because I was out of Alaska, people started reaching out to me. Telling me things about my relationship I didn't want to hear. Like there was somebody else and that somebody else was somebody I had suspicions about. And it had been for as long as I had suspicions about and everything. It was heartbreaking. And so I put this personal boundary in a place and I said, if she cheated, I can work through it. Like I can work on that trust. The trust will be broken, but it can be gained back. But if she did that, and she's in a relationship with the guy. I, I can't. Looking back now, 
my boundary was solid and if she cheated on I can't do it anymore and I wouldn't because I'm not an option I'm a I'm I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm nobody's option I've been cheated on in almost every relationship I've been in and I've been an option I, I'm no longer an option I'm only I'm somebody's only fucking choice and that was something hard because I've always looked at myself as the worst person in the room. I don't deserve love, right? That's how I looked at it. I don't deserve love and, and I deserve all the bad shit that's happened to me because of who I used to be. Well, that, that's who I used to be, not who I am now. I am a million times the person I used to be. And so when those things started trickling in, I, I was telling myself, like, I can, I can work through this. I can work through this. I can work through this. And finally, I got this last bit of information and I just wanted the truth from her, but I got the truth from somebody that they work with. And it wasn't me asking, it was them coming forward and telling me this is what I've seen. And January 16th, a month ago, yesterday, I had my last panic attack. I had my last bit of heartbreak. I had all of that and that's when I found out. And my dad was sitting in the smoke room and I went in and I was standing at the doorway, just absolutely crushed. And he was like, what happened? I showed him everything. And he said, you know what you have to do now. And I didn't know what I had to do. But I knew that it was something different than what I was doing. Because all I was doing was put myself back in the same situation I've put myself in before. Repeating the cycles that I knew were going to hurt me in the end. And so from that point forward, I looked at him and I said, I've never listened to you ever, my dad. I said, I've never fucking listened to you. Everything you've ever told me, I never listened to you because I just didn't want to hear what you had to say. But now I'm asking you as my dad, not as my friend, as my dad, what the fuck do I do? And he was like, you cut every bit of emotional tie with that woman. You change your situation. You build goals. You, And he literally gave me the book on what I do to get over a fucking heartbreak. And I'll tell you from that moment forward, I've literally worked every minute I'm awake to be where I am now. And, and that looked like a lot of not answering text messages from her, not answering calls, not, and if I did answer, they're not emotionally driven responses. I can look at my phone now and the only contact she has with me is an email and through her new phone number, but I know now her new phone number, so I can just save it and not answer when I don't feel like answering. I have no emotional tie to her, so I look at that phone when her name pops up and nothing happens. I don't have an emotion toward her. And what it taught me was to cut off the people in my life that have not benefited me whatsoever. At one point she did. At one point, we we're in love right or maybe it was something else but that's not what it is anymore and so i started diving into spirituality i had a spiritual experience but i, I mentioned a weird thing that had happened two years ago and so i came to visit my dad two years ago 2021 and um it was for his birthday i got here and I have never been so peaceful in my life. Like, I, I think I told you I'm peaceful now, but I had never experienced like a little bit, little slice of peace 
in my life. It's always been chaos. But when I got here in 2021, it was like complete peace. I stepped through the doors and I was like, what is this? And why is this here? <laughs> where have you been? And where have you been? Where have you been all my life? Anyways, sorry, I had to sing a little bit. I know it's shitty, but that's no, me making fun of it. Anyways. I think it shows where you are. And so when I was leaving, I told my dad I don't want to leave because I know what I'm going back to. And it's not okay. So I get back home and I'm talking to my soon to be ex-wife when I got back the, la the last time and, and I said I really want to move I said I don't want to be here anymore okay, this place taught me something it taught me a lesson but this is not where I feel I need to be and we pined over the idea of moving here and she really didn't want to and I was like well I want to and I made a statement and that statement was, at the end of 2022, with or without you, I'm moving back home. At the end of 2022, I was back here. Subconsciously, I don't know yourself. what happened. Say again? You kept your word to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a big step. I, did, I didn't think about that until a few weeks ago. Right? None of it. I didn't think about it. And it, when I started... Thinking about when I came back home, I was like, holy shit, this happened. And I set, I set this in motion without even realizing it. I set up my destiny without even realizing it. And so it was, it was just a weird coincidence of, of things that happened. Well, I wouldn't even say coincidence because, like I said, I don't, I don't think anything happens coincidentally in this world anymore. I think it happens for a reason. And that those reasons are very unclear to us, but... They happen for a reason. So you, at the end of 2022, are now in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And what do you dive in first with, like, anything spiritual? Because obviously, yes. I mean, not going the direction of, oh, I'm just going to relapse and just give up. I mean, definitely, like, you were in, in the pits of pits of hell, pits of a heartbreak, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this warrior that's in you is what I keep picturing the most, how you just, you really dive into yourself and you face the heartbreak head on, even though, I mean, yeah, I mean, I saw your TikToks. My heart definitely broke for you. You reached out to me and was just like, hey, I'm good, but my whole life just fell apart. And then even all the terminologies that you're using now, like you're setting boundaries, you're keeping words to yourself. When, like, what were the first things that you were first looking at? Like, any meditation, any breath work? Like, where are we at with any of that? So, um, I started turning to ASMR. Okay. Like right, up, right off the bat. And it's, it's weird because, I mean, ASMR, if you've dived into that rabbit hole, ASMR is great. It helps you calm down, helps you relieve some of the stress, all that stuff. But there's one creator on TikTok that I found that helped me heal without even like her realizing it. And I follow her on TikTok. I subscribe to her on YouTube and I still view her content. Like I took a nap earlier and I put her content on to help calm me down. Nice. Not that I was anxious, but like it was, yeah, I, I just needed it. 
And so shameless plug, her name is Healing with Raquel. Great woman, amazing creator. But she doesn't do everything that everybody else does. Like everybody else does the noises and all that stuff and it's cool and they, they get notoriety for it. Good. You're great at what you do, but you're not healing anybody. You're not helping anybody. All you're doing is just getting them calm. And she, she does affirmations in hers and she doesn't do affirmations for herself. She does affirmations for everybody else. She lives in the Bay Area, so it's like weird time frame when I catch her live or when I view her stuff, but like she does affirmations like you're enough. You are good enough. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to 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 calm down. You deserve to breathe and, and let just everything. And it hit me on this emotional level. And and it wasn't like, like I was watching her stuff and I was like, man, that's that's cool. But what she said, she's clear audience. So I mean I don't really know exactly what that means, but I know what she's done for me, and I know like <laughs> she's got my vote. Anyways, she stopped everything she was doing in the middle of a live, and I was like, this is odd. Like She stopped the noises, the talking, and she said, somebody in here right now is suffering from a heartbreak that is the worst thing that they've ever faced in their life. And my phone usually sits right here when I'm listening to it. It went from here to here. And I would, I just watched what she said. Did like, your whole body I light up? Say again. Did your whole body light up? You, you might, like, yeah. Speaking it, to me. Yeah, it was like I was laying down. Somebody took a dagger and like, boom, right in the chest. Mm -hmm. And it was just like I felt it all over again. And it was like just an an, an early release that I needed. Um, and so through time, I've been, you know, I've I've used her 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 content to help calm me down and help ease me. Um, and then, you know, I had a bunch of friends because I got friends from every religion, every denomination you can think of, but some were like, pray, pray to God, pray for her to come back. And I, so I did every single time that I prayed for her to call me, she called me. <laughs> I got what I wanted, but yeah. it wasn't what I needed. And then I turned to my my religion, and my religion is Norse pagan. And I said, I don't know what the fuck you, whoever you are up there in the big multiverse universe, whatever we live in, I don't know who you are, whatever you are. Changed my life, literally changed my life. And they, whoever's up there did, they changed my life. Um, and then I got here and my dad, is not Native American, but he believes in Native American spirits. Um, I got exposed to that, and that absolutely changed my life. And the spiritual awakening I had there was like, let's just say it, it helped me out in the ways that I didn't even realize. And in the moment, I thought that it was directing one way, but the, it, it took me another way. And so I had a spiritual experience. I was meditating. Um, his girlfriend um, is very sensitive. And so she came and she sage saged me and I had a vision. It's weird. I had this vision and this, in this vision, I'll explain exactly as it happened. I'm standing there. And I hear this voice said, look down. So I looked down and there was this ax that is like 
beautifully adorned in feathers and leathers. And he said, pick it up if you want to accept this. I did. I picked it up. And not so not so nice terms. That's a roundabout way of what he said. He said, you have a destiny in front of you. You pick it up if you want to accept it. If you don't, leave it there. And I picked it up. And I couldn't see what the person looked like. But there was a spirit in front of me. And the spirit was that of a warrior. And it said, you are a healer and you're a warrior. You heal people, but you also have the, the power to take life. And it was like I was handed this gift, and, and then he said, look next to you. And next to me was my soon-to-be ex-wife on the slab, like a vision of her. And I could see it was like she was laying down, she was sleeping. And it said, you can choose to heal her, or you can cho choose to harm her. You choose. And I said, I want to fucking heal her. I want her back. Right? And this was in the time frame of, like, I think... Things are going to work out. I said, I want to heal her. I want to bring her back. He said, put her, put your axe on her. So I put my axe on her. And then he said, put your hands, which going into chi, hands heal. He said, put your hands on her head, her eyes, her ears, and her heart. And so I did. Boom, 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 boom. And then he said, take her pain away from her. And so I put my lips to hers and I sucked it in. And physically I could feel all the pain that she was going through. And it hurt, like hurt, I, everything in me hurt. He said, breathe it out, so I breathed it out. And he said, now she's healed. I was like, great, she'll come back to me. Well, she didn't. And I was let down, I was like, why the fuck did I see this? Right? Why did I go through this? She's not going to come back to me. And then she called me and she said, over time, I have, this is what bad things have happened to me. Like since you, since I left, you know, karma really bit her in the ass. She broke her hip. She can't work the way that she used to. She doesn't have anybody to take care of the kids. Literally, karma has played his cards. And a little bit of me relished in that. I was like, yeah, fuck you for hurting me, right? But I said, okay, well, you know, what has happened since then? She said, I've gotten into counseling. I've been healing myself. I said, when did you decide that? And the day that she told me she decided to get into counseling was the day after I had my spiritual experience. So it wasn't me healing her to come back to me. It was me healing her so she could heal herself. And at first I was like, man, fuck that. Like, I don't want this. Like, I didn't get what I wanted. I, I don't get what I want. It's not about what I want. It's about what the universe wants. And so I had to accept that. And then a week later, or maybe two or three weeks later, she comes back and she not comes back, but she calls me and says, you know, I've been doing this counseling thing and I want to say, I'm sorry for the way that I left. And I was like, the way that you left. You're sorry. You're, you're sorry for the way you left. You're not sorry for breaking me. Now I realize she didn't break me. She just put some cracks in the armor and that's it. Um, so after that spiritual experience, I got in contact with some friends. 
and um, they deal in like some more of the supernatural things and some of them do tarot readings and some of them are very good advisors saying go get stones my sister is one of those people and my sister's like dude you need to get stones i'll tell you the ones that you need to get for you not for anybody else for you she's like so i went to the store and i walked in and i've never been into a, into a store like that like a spiritual store so i kind of felt like overwhelmed and lost I was passing these stones like just a table of them that separated everywhere some underneath the table and something caught my attention and i looked over and it was smoky quartz and i looked at it and i put my hand over it and i grabbed one and my hand got warm and i was like yep there you are buddy there you are friend and it was literally something directed me around this table just literally around the table so smoky quartz amethyst obsidian lapis and i had no idea why i was picking them up it was just like hand was like right and i was like all right you know what i'm just gonna go with it i'm gonna gonna let this happen because i don't know this this is something outside of my control and so i go around and (laughs) i contemplated the idea of getting tarot cards dad's like no tarot in the house touche fair enough and so i walked up to the front and like i got to the to the register and the lady started checking me out and i looked and i seen this bracelet this one the loose one and i was like oh that looks like fun i didn't i didn't know what it was gonna do and i shared this with you before and i grabbed it and i said yeah and this and she checked it out and i took the tag off right there and put it on as soon as i did my hand went numb it was literally like the bracelet went from loose to right here and i had my hand like this and i was like I looked at Lee, I said, dude, my hand is numb. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, like, I don't feel that. And then my hand got warm. Like, I have, I've had experience with Chi before when I used to meditate a lot, but I never had it, like, just randomly happen. And I went to the lady and I said, feel my hand. And she went, like, here. And she's like, oh, my God. And I was like, it, it's working. And it stayed like that for a week. And a, a week, just hot. And so it unlocked something in me. And I've been, you know, I meditated. I started doing a lot of self-reflection, started doing a lot of journaling, stuff like that. On top of that, I started reaching out to my friends more and not in the way that I had. Like, I wanted to give them positive updates. I wanted to give them life was changing for me. I started changing the way that I thought, too. Like, I stopped looking at myself in this negative light, and I started looking at myself in this positive light. And so one of my friends was like, hey, man, it actually was Sean. Sean and my friend Kyle, they were like, when you get to this place up here that you're ready to do it, write down everything that you want in a partner, somebody. And not the superficial things, not the looks, but the character. I'd never done that before. I was like, this is weird. I feel like I'm building a person right profiling a person i was like man what can i lose so i started writing all these things down and then one of my friends uh 
that is a psychic medium came to me and she said, your person, she was straight up, like right off the bat. She's like, you can't go back to Alaska. Never, never go back. I was like, why? It's like, if I wanted to go and visit some of my friends that I work with in my alumni program, she's like, no, they're going to have to come to you. You're where you need to be right now and for the rest of your life. She's like, if you leave, you're going to either end up in jail or dead. I was like, you've never been wrong before. Like, this woman has never been wrong in my book. I was like, okay. And this was before I found out the last bit of information. And um, so I was like, I don't know why I questioned it, but I did. Right? Because we always want the answers. We always want the questions. We always, we have questions, we have answers. And I said, okay, well, I want you to tell me something that only I would know or that I would think. She's like, your suspicions are correct. I said, what do you mean? She's like, you think that she's cheating on you and she has been cheating on you. You think that? And I said, yeah. And she's like, I know who it is. Mind you, this woman doesn't know my ex-wife. So, okay. If you can identify my the person I have suspicions about, I'll believe you. And I'll believe in this. I was testing it, right? And she was like, well, I can't give you a name, but I can tell you a picture. I know what he looks like. So I sent her a picture of him and two other random people. It's like, I'm going to test the water. I threw it to her. She pointed him out. She said, that's him. I was like, shut the fuck up. No way. She's like, that's who you have suspicions about. And you're right. She's like, you're absolutely right. And that was earth shattering for me, right? Somebody that, a good friend of mine that doesn't know her, they can pick out a picture of the dude that I have suspicions about and tell me that it's real. And that I'm just not crazy. Like that was, that sucked. I have another friend. His name is Daniel. And, and I went to Daniel and he is like, bro, he's like, you need to get away. He's like, you need to stay away. Same thing that she told me. He's telling me. I don't know why I tested the second one, but I did. And I said, Daniel, if this is real, you got to give me a name, bro. And he spit out the name. Literally, was like, this is the guy's name. What? And he said, you are exactly where you need to be. He's like, if you leave, you'll end up in jail or dead. Okay. So I no longer was like, I'm, I'm not fighting this shit anymore. I believe what you guys are telling me. But my, my female friend, um, her name is Megan. Megan came out to me and was like, your person lives in the hometown you grew up in. The person you're supposed to be with, hometown you grew up in. I don't know what her name is. I don't know what she looks like, but you don't know her. It's like, all right, man, whatever. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm not, I was like, I don't trust women. All women are, are, are bad. All women are terrible. I'm in the He-Man Woman Hater Club. We're little rascals. That's where I was. So I'm swearing off all women. I literally told my, my daughter's mom, said, I'm swearing off all women altogether. Lock them. And I just so happened to get on a dating website. Not even with the intentions of the day. I just wanted, needed somebody to vent to that was, that, that was not biased toward my situation. Somebody to talk to that was that had no connection to me. I didn't know. Somebody that could pop up and I'm like, life sucks right now. This is what the fuck is going on. You don't have to accept it, but I need a sounding board. And somebody came across my screen 
I was like, ah, eh, whatever. Alright, cool. Swipe right. You swipe right, you already know what it is. Anyways, she messaged me first and she said, Hey, I'm so and so and um, you know, I just need a friend. I was like, Well, I'm looking for a friend too. And so we start talking to each other and she's like, Yeah, um, you know, I'm She's like, I don't spend a lot of time on this app. I have a life outside of this app. If you want to talk to me, here's my phone number. I was like, well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to reach out to you. I was like, here's my number if you want to talk to me. I said, it's not that I don't want to talk to you. I said, I'm just terrible at reaching out to people. And I'm going to grab your number, save it, and I'm going to forget it. So if you want to talk to me and you want to engage me, like you've got to reach out to me. you got to do some work. And literally after I said that, I get a, a text, hey, this is so-and-so from my dating website. I was like, okay. All right. So we start talking. And this was right after I wrote my list. And I didn't know the woman. None of that. And so we start talking, like, the premise of, like, where do you live? All that. And she asked, where do you live? And I said, oh, I live in Harper's Ferry. And she said, oh, I don't live too far from you. I said, well, where do you live? And she said, Sharpsburg. I grew up in Sharpsburg, Cheyenne. I grew up in Sharpsburg. You just have like. Yes, I didn't tell. I I didn't tell her. I was just like. You don't see anybody from Sharpsburg on that white on that on that site. I was like. You don't live too far from me. That was my response. I was like, yeah, you don't live too far from me. And. The more that I've got to know her, she hits every one of those boxes. Every single one. Of the list that you made? Yes. Somebody with a career, somebody that's educated, somebody that has a strong moral compass, somebody that um, that that is in tune with themselves, that is taking care of themselves. She has a profession. She went to college for psychology. She has a strong moral compass because of what has happened to her in her life. She has her life together. She has a kid, but she prioritizes her child over, over everything else. She, um, she goes to counseling every week. She's taking care of herself, a healthy lifestyle. And, and the last one, it was that person does not make me priority right off the bat. I don't want to be a priority. I need to be built into a system already, not, hey, I just met you. This is crazy. I'm going to spend all my fucking time with you and fuck everybody else. Like, you need to have your priorities in place, and I will. You can fit me into that. And she was like, yeah, you're not going to meet my kid right off the bat. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck somebody else, someone else's life up. And she was like, I can make time for you on the weekends. All right. Like, I moved here. I don't have a car. I have a place to live, but I don't have a car. And she's like, I'll come pick you up. And I said, well, I feel bad. Like, let me let me wait until my dad gets home at least from work. And she said, no, I want to come pick you up. We've gone to dinner. We've watched movies together. And it's been fucking awesome. And then I was like, I got to tell you some weird things that happened. And if you don't believe me and it scares you, I don't blame you. But I'm going to explain this to you. 
and I just went on this limb of vulnerability where I was like, I'm open and I'm scared. I've never been open and scared before. And I just said, this is what my psychic friend has told me. And this is how I feel about the situation right now. Here you go. And she was like, I feel like I've known you a million years. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Right? And she has been an absolute blessing in my life. And we haven't established a relationship status, none of that. And and it's just been free-flowing and everything like that. And it's it's been great. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to hang out with her in a few hours from now. And um, it's just, it's been a breath of fresh air. And I, you know, I've had this thought, and I think I, I said this to you prior to um, the recording, but, you know, I've always viewed myself as an option, like, I can, somebody can, can accept me or not. One day we were talking and I was talking to her about what happened with my ex-wife. And she said, um, you're not an option. She said, you are the only choice. Those are your exact words. Those were... Yes, Again, my exact boundary you placed on yourself. Yeah, and the more that I found out about like her past relationship, the more things were just so much synchronicity happened in that. That it's just like hard to sit here and say this was this this, this shit didn't just happen by a weird circumstance. The time frame in which I thought that everything started happening with my ex-wife her and her ex split up. He left her for somebody else. He was, he's in recovery for a substance and he's a veteran. How do I explain that? None of it. I can't. That's why I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Like I, I cannot, for the life of me, say that everything is a coincidence, right? Things just don't happen coincidentally, not anymore in life. I don't accept that shit as an answer. So I've been working on myself. You know, I got all my VA stuff, my records transferred down here, and I made that conscious decision. I'm not going back to Alaska. There's not enough money you can pay me. You could threaten my life. I'm not going back. Because I know it waits for me there. People have told me. I'm not willing to experience that. And so got everything transferred down here. Started, I actually had my intake yesterday for my, my, my counselor, my new counselor. And they're pretty awesome. Um, and I started reaching out to other um, veterans courts, so the therapeutic courts that I work with, I started reaching out to them. Baltimore was like, yeah, dude, we're trying to work on building our, our alumni program, and you sound like a perfect fit. Everything is lining up. Everything literally is lining up. And I had I had to stop myself from like feeling like I was going to jump off the deep end and go headfirst in. 
um, the first time her and I hung out, and I've been told this my whole life, and you might have told me this too, not my whole life, but since I've been in recovery. Um, I've gone to counselors and psychologists and friends that are counselors and just random people. And they say, you need to be a counselor, dude. You need to go to school for counseling because you understand this. And I've always made an excuse. I've always said, I don't want to go back to school. I hate schoolwork. Like, like, I don't want to get, I don't want to do the education thing. I'm good where I'm at as a peer because I'm using my lived experience. Well, I can use my lived experience as a counselor too. Right? Like, I don't have to just fit into the mold. I've never fit into the mold in my life. Why try now? I have to create my own mold. I have to mold things to look like what they look like. And so my kind of confirmation was the very first time we hung out, like, we were, I wasn't even in her car for 20 minutes. And I said, yeah, people told me I should go be a counselor. And she's like, you definitely should. She's like, I went for psychology and I stopped because that's not a forte, but you should because you're very articulate, you understand things. I was like, oh my God. And I just stopped. I was like, okay. And I made that decision right there in that car where I was like, I'm going to go to school. I didn't say it. And then I started looking at some schools, University of Maryland, West Virginia University. I was like, they got some good psychology programs. And then she was like, you should go to Hood, Co Hood College. And I was like, well, it's Hood College. She's like, it's in this town. And so here's a website. Just look it up. They have a dual degree program for psychology and counseling. You get a bachelor's in psychology, master's in counseling. Everything is lining up. Everything is happening for a reason. And like now I'm making smart decisions. I'm making conscious decisions that I never would before. You know, I never believed in saving money because money comes and goes. Now I've got money in a savings account and I'm building savings. I'm saving up for the future. I'm saving up for a house. My credit score is not so bad that in a few months I can't go get a house, buy a house, but I'm not jumping the gun for it. I need to build. I need to save. And it's just like everything is lining up. And then my dad, he's teaching me life lessons. I get to spend a whole fuckload of time with my dad. It's great. I enjoy it. Um, TikTok, we, we have this thing that's a piece of shit dad, um, like video collection that we do. And, um, at first, like it was all his idea, by the way, <laughs> not mine. Um, I've seen those. They're hilarious. Yeah. My dad is funny. Um, but you know, he came up and he said, oh, we should do this. And I, we just kind of roll with it. And then I, I asked him one day, not on camera. I said, why are we doing this? Like you're painting yourself out to be the bad guy. And he's like, that's the point. And I said, why? He's like, cause that's how I used to be. He's like, I used to be this person acted like this towards you and i feel like i'm healing from it and i was like well i'm healing from it too and so like we do this and we keep it going um because it, it you know makes people laugh and stuff like that but it also heals us and like him and i haven't had a stronger relationship i don't want to be in the house with my dad until i'm 45 years old but i'm i'm definitely enjoying the time that i have with him now well and you have a plan it's not yeah. like you move there to give up. You're going back yeah. to school. You're saving up. You know, you're saving up for a house. Like, you really do have your goals in front of you. Yeah. And you've got a really good mindset. I don't, I don't know what the future looks like, and that's great. 
because I've always I've always been so afraid of uncertainty because I have to know every step of of the I have to know every rung of the ladder and the wood grain that it's made out of in order for me to climb that ladder. But now I'm just kind of like looking at it. Then I've realized a lot about myself. I've realized that I was so afraid of failure or I was afraid of success because I was afraid of failing. Right. I was afraid of what the, the what if that what if always lived in my life. And I was so just terrified of success because at some point it always has to end. And the other night, my friend and I, we were talking and she goes, she goes, I've always been afraid to fail. And I said, well, failure is the only way that you can succeed. That's the only way that you can learn a lesson in life. Cause if we succeeded all the time, we wouldn't have shit to learn. And I was like, Sean, you said something smart. <laughs> I sat back. I was like, you said something smart. You need to take your own advice. So I started taking my own advice. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid of success. Because I kind of determined my own success and what success looks like to me. Well, so you've tapped into subconscious meditation or reprogramming through ASMR, which is life-changing to reroute your negative pathways or just limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about meditation, your intro into crystals, which I think is just vital. Um, I know that I showed you a little bit of my collection on my desk when we were texting back and forth. I could do, mm -hmm. we could literally like FaceTime and I could do a crystal tour for you and be like, get this, get this, get this. <laughs> like so many amazing ones, especially for meditation. Um, the mindset that you have is completely different from the last time that we talked, even though I didn't think there was anything wrong with you the last time, but obviously going through all the transitions that you have and is extremely heartbreaking as they are. And with you being um, a long-time recovery advocate and showing that it can be done, um, you really suffered something that I don't want to say like most people would relapse, but they're just like, ah, this is why I used to get fucked up, you know? <laughs> and usually I would refuse to feel these emotions or move past it or, you know, even act out in anger and all of these things that really don't serve your highest good. The vision coming through really tapping into all of the spiritual stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of all of it, everything that you labeled. Um, my recommendation for you is runes. Since you can't do tarot cards, you can definitely do runes. That's going to be yep. in your wheelhouse. And yep. the connection that you have with the vision and understanding that you get to take responsibility for the energy inside of you and what you give it back out to the world your new boundaries. Um, it's all, I mean, I'm just so happy for you, but I just think from a like listener standpoint, it's really impressive with all the things that you've gone through from when I've, when I've known you, when you've told me your story and even the healing aspect of you and your father's relationship. Um, yeah. cause obviously, yeah, I mean, if you're going to act that way, Truth is the truth. You don't get painted in a good light when you act like an asshole, right? Yeah. But the fact that he's transparent of like, I'm healing from this too. And he sees the area of, era of his ways. Error of his ways? Yeah, that's what I mean. And you guys are able to cultivate a new healthy relationship based on that. I, it really is just an inspiring story. And I know that you have plenty more 
coming your way and to do, but I'm so happy you're going back and you're finally, you, you're on the path and you feel like you're going in the right direction. And, you know, nobody knows what the future really holds, but the fact that you have the power in your everyday um, decision-making, I mean, yeah, you're a fucking warrior, dude. You're doing it. Well, it's crazy, too. Like, I have a friend that I randomly met on a podcast, and she reached out to me, and she does um, a lot of spirit work. She was like, do you know why you live where you live? It's like, I have no idea. She's like, you've died there multiple times. It's like, what do you mean? She's like, you died there in the Civil War. You died there in the American Revolution. She's like, you died there systematically over time, and it brought you back every time. And she was like, there is something that is hidden from history that you have to fix. Only you can fix it. And I was like, the fuck? Are you, don't put that responsibility on me, woman. And I said, well, I don't know what that is. And she's like, it's not with you. It's with what happened on the land. And I started doing some research. And like her and I got to talking. And I found out there was a slaughter of Native Americans on this land. And that, like, it wasn't beautiful. And it wasn't a slaughter of white versus natives. It was native on native and killing each other. And she was like, it was brothers versus brothers. She's like, that's why we are always at war. Brother versus brother. They don't know what they're fighting for. And she's like, you need to put that to rest. And I was like, oh. How do I do that? So, yeah, that's been a process, too. And there's just been so much, you know, with my relationship with my dad. I walked into into the smoke room one day, and he's crying. My dad don't cry. Yeah, he doesn't cry. He never does. And I said, dude, what's wrong? And he was like, he's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, I've realized and I've been realizing that what, what haunts me every night. And I was like, well, what's that? And he's like, the way that I raised you. He's like, because it was an absolute piece of shit. And he's like, that's something I have to live with for my, the rest of my life. And I said, you don't have to live with that shit no more. I said, I'm telling you right now, it's okay. He's like, no, I have to. I said, no, you don't. Like, you can let it go. You only you. So I think he's working through that. I think I'm sure with him, with you saying that to him, that you've released him from it too. I mean, not well, everybody gets to have the clarity and the transparency and their transgressions between each other, whether, you know, it's him doing the thing he's done to you or you acting out in any way, shape, or form. A lot of people don't really get to that point of healing where he has an epiphany and a realization about it, and then he gets to come to you when you guys are at the standing that you're at and be like, yeah, you're right, I was a piece of shit, you know. That's something I'm going to have to live with. Confesses that he's never going to get over it, and then you go, no, actually, you can't get over it, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I've done my own healing on it without your perspective, without your epiphany. This is how far I've come, and now he comes into his own realization about it, and then you guys get to have a really nice healing moment about it. Yeah, and, and I told him, you know, after, right before that conversation ended, I said, I don't care what you've done in your life, who you've done it to, who you've done it with. I said, I don't look at you as anything other than dad. I said, you are my dad. I don't give a damn what happened. I said, because that's not who you are. It's who you were. It's not who you are now. And that kind of helped out a little bit. But he's still in his head, and that's okay. He'll get there. 
Well, yeah, I got to think of like even what he's come from and what his father came from and so on and so on and so on. Generational trauma is definitely that terminology is a really big push in ancestral healing. Uh, what she brought up was karma healing, Akashic records, past life regression, however you want to look at it. Um, I highly recommend a hypnosis session for you, especially since you're so connected to the land, not only in the past life she, that she talked about, but the karmic wars, karmic healing, the division of brotherhood. Um, I think that it would be an even more profound experience for you. I did a QHHT session, quantum healing hypnosis. It's a Dolores Cannon technique. Mm -hmm. I was hypnotized for two hours and I got to go to a past life that uh, explained a lot of resignation I had at a, at a couple experiences I had in Jamaica and just um, the way that it felt in the environment and some things look familiar for some odd reason. Like I was in the midst of like a really big energetic expression and a spiritual awakening. So, I mean, really everything resonated really good with my body and I was in a big questioning state of why, huh? Oh, like I'm just going to jot that down, right? Journaling, let me come back to this later. And um, so many things popped up, past memories in this life, a lot of things that um, make sense now because I, like, I'll have the recording and I'll still listen back to it. And then I was able to ask questions about like soul contracts and karma and so many spiritual topics, I guess, that I've always loved studying on my own, but just being able to dive into a subconscious place and be able to ask the collective questions, so to speak. Um, I've always had experiences that always make me realize I'm just one individual expression of a whole. And mm -hmm. that experience, it was just another validating thing for me that even me with the work that I do, like I'm still on the right path, even though there's some days I feel like I'm just sitting there spinning my wheels in the mud about it, even though like my intentions are good and mm -hmm. I know that my heart's pure in the things that I do, but still yeah. that all the things in the physical world that you're responsible for stack up against you. And even just all the changes that you've gone through, like I said, um, I'm really happy for everything you're going through and the clarity that you're able to speak through this just shows how great of a counselor you're going to continue to be, especially with all the new education coming into play. One of the things that I realized and is that the universe will do what it wants to do and it's gonna push you in a direction that you need to go regardless of your situation. And I, I said this I said this to my uh my ex wife, probably the last conversation that we had. She didn't understand it, but I said, um, the universe moved you out of my way. She was like, what do you mean? But like she took it very offensively. I said, I've always wanted more for myself, and I know that I was meant for more. I'm sorry that, like, <laughs> this happened, but the universe removed you. And I have no option but to roll with it and just go with it. And whatever happens from this point forward, it happens. Um, like I said, I can't, I can't label it as coincidence. I can't, I, I can't label it as anything. It's just weird. It's wild because I've never been experienced this. And then like talking, you know, to some of my psychic friends, they're saying, oh, there's a spiritual awakening happening with a lot of people. Like this is a shift and, and, you know, it's been happening since, 
you know, August, September time frame. I was like, dude, August, why does August keep coming up? Why? So yeah, it's just been, it's been a wild ride. I think you're on the right path. I definitely do. And you're just going to keep going and keep going. And um, I love talking about like, you know, elevating your frequency, checking your vibration. Um, if you're like good vibes, you know, <laughs> but um, those are my favorite things because it really does ground me to the science part of it. And that's, that's the best part that I can, I can grasp to then bring all of the other things in because your human mind is always going to like want an answer and a definition and a label for everything. But there are things out there that are helping us and guiding us that is, you know, beyond us sometimes, but we get a limited perspective to know that we aren't alone and there really is a path going, even though it doesn't feel the best. And especially when your whole life gets turned upside down, um, the frequency is my favorite because you think about all the things you're going through, like you're releasing attachments, understanding life lessons, karma, and you keep going up and going up. And then these opportunities really like vibrate in to you because you're in the receiving mode and you've shed a lot of things that were holding you back to where you couldn't vibrate at that frequency. One yep. of my favorite people to listen to on YouTube, no matter what I'm doing, is any Abraham Hicks video ever. That's one of my favorite channelers. It's one of my... So many. I fall asleep to subconscious meditations at night, depending on which one I want, whether it's a hurt frequency, an affirmation video, anything like that. And nine times, let's just say like 10 out of 10, no matter what, if I go to sleep with one of those on, like I'm waking up and I fucking know I'm doing it. Like I don't wake up with like a heavy chest or any doubts or, oh, you know, you have to do all this today. Da, 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 da. I'm just like, nope going with the flow. I'm doing it. You know, I'm not gonna, not gonna hold myself back from all these things, even though it's cold outside, which I must say, do you uh, like the weather where you're at now much better? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like 70 degrees um, on yesterday. No, no, not yesterday, like Tuesday. It was nice. And then yesterday it was raining. Today is pretty nice. Now it's raining today. Yeah, so, it's, I like I like it's it. Not it's not Alaska. there's not a lot of snow. Yeah, no, we got a light a light dusting of snow in uh, December and January, and everybody was freaking out. I was like, ah, you guys, you guys, you guys are guys, cute. You guys are funny. You guys are funny. Yeah, like, and, and it's just weird. Like, and I made this weird connection because my dad always talks about doors. Like, and I never really understood. It. He's like, you still got the door open back when things were happening he's like you know you still got the door open you still got the door open and i made a post on facebook and it's like no my last tiktok it was like talking about how you know um would you ever go back to eric's and i said no because you know you know that thing that doorway you walk through and you shut it and you lock it and then sometimes you might put a deadbolt on it like this is a locked door for a reason and i never really made the connection and then a weird thought came into my brain that, you know, since all this has happened and since I've, I've kind of, uh, stopped fighting, I guess you would say, um, when I closed one door, 10 more opened up mm -hmm. and like, I never, I, I've never had this happen before. And so for me, I'm just kind of letting it happen. Like just stop fighting it. Cause if you, if you fight it, 
it's just going to end up bad for you. And you're going to end up hurting yourself and not physically hurting yourself, but you're going to end up hurting yourself in the end. You're going to be hurt by somebody in the end. And then you're going to put be put right back on the same path, but at a delayed timeline. Sounds like a great story of surrendering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. That's beautiful. I'm done fighting. <laughs> but we all do get to keep up with you on TikTok through all of this expansive expansive um, life experience that you're going through. I mean, I love how transparent you are on your page, whether you're up, whether you're down. Um, those are probably my favorite creators that don't like only post and be like, oh, everything's always good for me. Like you're like, hey, falling apart. I need you to sit with me, yeah. you know? So um, do you have any trips coming up? Like starting oh, yeah. school? What, yep, do you, yep. what do you got so, planned for us to even check out on TikTok? So um, I'm going to be going on a mental health retreat next week to the Poconos. Um, Ooh. That that just fell in my lap. Um, right. Just by making one phone call, that fell in my lap. Um, I am going, hopefully, be going to Houston in June uh, to go to a um, convention uh, for the National National Association of Drug Court Professionals. It's the same conference that I went to in Nashville, but it's going to be in Houston this year. Nashville is absolutely beautiful. I've deemed that my favorite place in the world. Mm, uh, too. Got to hang out in Opryland for a week. That was great. Um, but then, um, yeah, uh, in August, I'm going to go see Lamb of God and uh, Pantera at Hershey Park. I'm really excited about that. My brother's favorite band's Lamb of God. I love Lamb of God. Oh, he loves them. Yes. Loves Walk him, With Me in Hell is like my favorite song. Oh, gosh. It's been a minute since I've... I do know the song that you're talking about, but my mind automatically goes to what album, what year did I listen to that to? Like, what are the other songs? He used to play all their stuff on guitar all the time and, like, come in my room and be like, I just learned this song. I just learned this one. But yeah, I would say I'm definitely a Lamb of God fan too. But if anybody ever brings it up, I'm like, my brother loves those guys. Which he, was, he was always the one who gave me like all of my first taste of music. Like I remember when he put Hybrid Theory from Linkin Park in a boombox. And he's like, listen to this guy's scream. And it was number three on Hybrid Theory. I hate that I can't think of the name right now. But Chester just has this scream. And I just remember starting the track Giving over. Up? No, because this was hybrid theory like back in the day. Oh. I bet I could look it up really quick, but I can hear it in my head now, which is why I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the name of the song? I think my favorite song by him oh, is Giving With You. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. If you want his scream and you want to like feel the pain that he's feeling, Giving Up. He has a 16 second scream. And I never realized it until I was watching a video with this uh, with this lady who sings opera, and she was like, absolutely encapsulated because by it because you, you feel the pain, you feel the suffering, and just the words be in the in the song, like explain anxiety and depression perfectly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I this. Like, I mean, hybrid theory was just the begin, right? Like Chester mm -hmm. Bennington is like my number one. And I think always will be whether like I don't have days where I'm like, I'm going to listen to Lincoln Park every day. But if you put that on, like that's Nostalgia 101 for me. 
and I, I mean, we're, we're from like the CD days, right? And I'm from the saving up my chore money to be able to like buy a CD or when Christmas came around, you just give them a list of CDs. So usually every year, if I hadn't already bought that, um, album, I was waiting to get it. And I'm pretty sure that was probably around Napster era too. So I don't know if I had burnt CDs or I was trying to get the music. Like the way that kids get music now, I mean, hear a song, you have it immediately. Back then, like I had to work super hard to get these. So Christmas presents, I was like, okay, like obviously like you're getting me Linkin Park, right? You know, like we're doing this. And then you'd like pull, you'd, you'd pull the whole CD case apart and you'd touch the paper and you'd look at every picture, any way they did the words, the lyrics. Oh my gosh. I mean, just dissecting every lyric apart. Like those guys, I mean, when you talk about healing music and how it just really like speaks for you when you don't really have a language built with your emotions, especially when you're like a young teenager. Um, and then I'm like 16 in my car and I can blare it as loud as I want. Like, yes. What was and the first album you ever bought? The first album I ever bought, oh, this is so hard. Like, especially for me, because I grew up around other people's CDs. So I'm like, my first one that I got, I mean, honestly, I, at right now, I really do think it's Linkin Park. I, I still remember the day I walked in my brother's bedroom. He's like, listen to this CD. And he was borrowing this CD from my cousin. And I was like, I have to have this CD. Like, I need my own copyright. I don't want to borrow it from anybody. So I think Linkin Park really took me down. I think they call it, like, new metal now. I don't know what the hell they called it back then. It was probably, like, hard rock. Who freaking knows? Yeah. But they really, like, turned me down the path. Like, when you think of, like, someone screaming and someone either just doing a verse or acting like an MC on a track, there's so many people that I hear today that whether Linkin Park is their influence or not, I'm still like, this This reminds me, it like makes me feel like home. Like Mike Shinoda and Chester Bennington, those were the devil's advocate singing to me all the time. Like you would have Mike just really like spitting it fucking out for you, whether it was like super angsty or just like here's the fucking truth. And then you have Chester coming in with every fucking pain and anger that you want to take out or can't express and... Yeah, I know the exact scream you're talking about on Giving Up, too. Um, they use that on quite a... I just saw it on an action movie the other day, too, and they use that whole 16 seconds. And, I mean, especially since Chester's gone now, anytime anything comes up with them, you're like, God, I love you, Chester. Have you Thank heard their, you. New, their new solo? Yeah. Um, well, did you see the Meteora, what they pulled out of the Meteora files? Mm -mm. They just released a new song on February 10th. Yeah. It's called yeah. Lost. And yeah, yeah, that. They're like, so if you go to their website, they have like a bunch of vinyls, t shirts, a whole 20th anniversary Meteora collection. But I think on there it says they have like 120 unreleased demos from the Meteora era wow. that you can buy and they're just going to release over time. Wow. Yeah, I bought the t shirt. I'd be getting the vinyl set coming up and anything else that they want to pull out from those archives. Let me know. They have the music video on YouTube. Like, you're literally, like, connecting present Cheyenne. I just turned 32, super proud of it. And inner child shy that's like, yes, Linkin Park's still around. Like, Chester's not gone. They're, they're still giving us more. And it's the, really uh, healing to me. I think that's the best part. 
the reason why I asked about what your first album was that you bought was because today I realized what the first one I ever bought was, and it's well, because it was it was Satellite by P.O.D. Ooh, that's a good album too. And it was because Youth of the Nation came on the radio. Yep. I remember I Youth like, of the Nation on MTV too. Just the intro alone, you're like, yeah. Oh, and the music video. I mean, the Satellite itself, the song is amazing. Mm-hmm. They had so many amazing. That, that whole album was awesome. Just um, the way that he sings Satellite. I think that's one of my favorite part about music is they take such a simple, non-pretty word, right? Like Satellite. Mm-hmm. And then the way that he just made you want to be like, Satellite. Yep. Ah, yeah. That's so cool. And I mean, Godsmack's <laughs> really good at doing that too. Seven Dust is really good at pulling stuff apart and just being like, Damn, that is a really pretty line. How did you think of putting all that together? Because now, like, this is my anthem for this week. This is what I'm going for. I have, like, I've dived more into music. Like, I've always, music has always been a part of my life. But, like, I've dived more into music since all this happened. And there's a song that absolutely shredded me when all this happened. And that was Under Your Scars by Godsmack. My fucking God. That song... That song is so beautiful. I think that's the most beautiful song I've ever made. Now, since you're like fucking with yourself in the right way and you know that you deserve love. And not only like are you going out and like seeking love from other people to still fill your cup, like you're filling your own cup now. There's so much music that I could recommend for just like whether it's the villain era phase or coming back into balance and yourself. And I mean, yeah, like I said, music really helps just release and don't even get me started on like sound frequency and all of these things moving through. I know that I mentioned this on another podcast episode, but when I first started meditating and I was like literally fucking breaking, um, I went to an I Prevail concert and I picked up a vinyl at the concert. I was actually wearing this shirt at the show, the only one in tie dye. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I came home and put it on, put it on as loud as I could. And it was their trauma album. And I just started meditating to that. And I just remember like crying and feeling all of the anger, just suppressed anger and suppressed sadness and all this stuff coming out of me that I think, you know, is there. But again, if you don't have a language built with your emotions, you're like, I don't want to like hurt anybody. Right. So just like sitting in my own safe space and then letting the music just flow through me and kind of like push all of that muck out of me. I did it for weeks. I looked so forward to having the house to myself and just sitting like literally in front of this record player right here. Mm -hmm. And I would just play that album over and over. And again, it really did have like a Mike Shinoda, Chester Bennington feel the way that they come on and sing and scream and sing and scream. And his scream is literally the way that I like beg to scream in the middle of the woods to get like my true anger out. I don't want to take it out on anybody, but I'm a full spectrum emotional person. So as long as I can still take responsibility for my energy and not be like, oh, I'm all love and light. Yeah, I'm I'm all white light. Like I believe in purifying your disposition, but owning the darkness inside of you and transmuting it is something that I really, really dig researching as well. Well, and it's weird because like, for the first time, I've tapped into my roots of like country music because I come from like backwoods, and so 
God. And I started listening to some country music and stuff like that. But now it's like, it's not just every country song. You know, it's not just every bit of it. It's, it's, I'm stepping into this, in, into like the love country music. So like, like Brantley Gilbert, some of his stuff, you know, there's a song called She's the One. And I listen to it and there's a part that you, that, that he sings where it says, uh, take my name and my breath, take all that I am. And I was like, and again, you feel it in your body. You're like, oh, oh, the the first time, the first time I heard it, I got chills and like, it shook me a little bit. I teared up a little bit. And then like Luke Combs is another one. I fucking love that man. That man is God damn. If I could meet him, I'd probably like get on my knees and just thank you. You are fucking Probably amazing. Probably a good handshake will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A good handshake will do. I'm not going to go bow down to another human being. Um, you know, he's one of them. Old Dominion has really good stuff. Um, I've even stepped in, like, Miranda Lambert. Oh, you know, my, yeah. My my friend sent me, like, like I said, oh, send me a playlist of songs that you like to listen to. And she was like, well, here you go. She's like, this is how I feel about you. And the first one was Wish I Was in His Arms Tonight by Miranda Lambert. And I was like... I love Miranda. I've been following her since the beginning. Yeah, she's she's really good. And then she listens to hipster music. I never really was into it, but she sent me a song called Bones by this guy named Finn. God damn it. So beautiful. It it the the chorus says, um, I feel I found my home a place to rest my bones and I <laughs> and it happened here. Here. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> like I said, I don't believe in coincidence anymore. Oh, I love synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Yep. I never, everywhere. I don't. I think the more you open yourself up to receive, because it's all energy, right? The more you open up. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And trust and believe in all of that. Man, I yep. mean, I don't know if you know any bands like Dirty Heads, Revolution, mm-hmm. Iration. I love revolution. Like they are just so positive. They're yeah. so good. I've seen, well, I've seen all of them several times. And every time you go to their show, you know, you're going to feel good. You're, and it's not like when you go to, I prevail, everybody's like moshing. And that's the way that yeah. they decide to get all their stuff out. Like when you go here, we're all slaying, we're all happy the music just makes you feel so dang good. Soja is another one that I've seen. Man, all of that, just good vibe. Like, it's so good. I definitely get messages and music all the time, whether it's on the radio, walking into a store. I definitely have my playlists and my stuff that I prefer. And I'm all over the board. Like, just like you, my roots are country too. And, I mean, I remember singing, like, Martina McBride and, like, Shania Twain and, oh, my gosh, Reba McIntyre and even, who's the other one? There was a big Jody Messina phase way back in the day. She actually came and did a show when I was really young, and I got to meet her. And that was just, like, life-changing to be a little girl that wanted to be a country singer. Yeah. And then um, I grew up watching, like, the Grand Ole Opry at my grandparents all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to be on that stage one day. I'm going to move to Nashville. Like, I had all these, like, dreams at the time. Like, traveling and, like, going and doing all of that really wasn't, like, a thing. Like, you had to travel far from where I live because I grew up in, like, on a farm and then in a small town. So you're like, where is everything? This is before, you know, <laughs> GPS, computers, anything like that, right? So, like, the world yeah. that's even at our hands now 
even how we're able to talk as far away as we are. Like that really wasn't a thing back then. So I really had is like your dreams and your daydreams of aspiring to get out and do something and be bigger than you are. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. Like there, when I was talking about like opportunities that are opening up, like I've had opportunities and people like reach out to me that I just never would have imagined. I locked in a stuntman for my, my podcast like a pretty famous one that's been in a whole bunch of DC stuff or Marvel stuff. And I'm like, and I, I recognize his face and I'm like, dude, that's, that's wild. Like, it's not even like I reached out to him. His agent reached out to me and said, Hey dude wants to talk to you. <laughs> what me, me, little old me lives in backwoods, West Virginia, across the street from the cemetery. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, um, I got to talk. I had one of my dream interviews um, when I first moved down here, like back down here. Um, I'm huge into horror movies, and there was a horror movie that was made, and it was based on a true story, and I got to interview the guy that it was based on. And, like, that was one of my dream interviews. He's been a good friend of mine. It's just like, wow, everything is, like, like opening up now, and, like, things are, are getting wild. And I'm about to start start stepping into the realm of, like, stepping out of my comfortable zone of my podcast. Uh, I'm gonna be on a radio show, like, with with a pretty big influencer coming up soon. I'm excited about that. She was on my show not too long ago. So yeah, it's opportunities are 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 coming and and they're knocking, and I'm just not saying no. Don't say no. Be like Jim Carrey on Yes Man. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna Sounds drink like all it's the really Red Bull. Working for you. Yeah, none of the Red Bull. That that shuttle. That shit'll get you, man. Well, I've even like dropped down my consumption of like energy drinks. I have one a day, if that, and I drink coffee and water. I used to do energy drinks all the time, and I started coffee again randomly, and it is one of the biggest treats in my life. I'm like, ooh, like I had a Dunkin' Donuts this morning, and I just, mm, I get so excited just to go have them make me a nice coffee, just well, throw it, some caramel in it. There's something so profound about sitting down and just having a cup of coffee that people don't realize, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't, I didn't realize that in my when I moved down here. You know, I was still stuck on Alaska time, so my dad's getting up at at two in the morning, three in the morning to get ready for work, and he has this cup of coffee. And normally for me, that'd be ten o'clock at night, so I'm still awake. And he's like, "Hey, you want coffee?" And that's the time where we sit down and we really talk, and. It's just been profound. And like this morning, I don't even know why, but I stayed up till like four in the morning. And my dad was like, hey, are you awake? I see you're on Facebook. I was like, yes, I'm awake, dad. He was like, you want a coffee? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come up and get some coffee. Granted, I have iced coffee. But it's coffee I like both. Yeah, if I'm out and about, I like iced coffee. It's, if it's super cold, I'll get super cute with it and get a caramel latte. But you're right. The introspection that you can have just like sitting down and really starting your day with I mean, I'm, I'm big on starting your day with reflections and affirmations and setting your intentions is a super big one. Calling my power back to me, saging, incense, yoga, all of those things. I mean, they really are a part of my daily practice just, I mean, for my continuing growth, but also um, way earlier you talked about how you didn't know what the definition of Claire audience is and the vision that you had it would technically be a third eye activation. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire audience is something that I've had my whole life. I didn't, I had no idea what it was. I thought everybody heard voices in their head constantly. 
And when I started going down my own journey and my own path, I started doing a lot of just, again, bridging the spirit science gap and studying the clear senses had come into play because I knew at the time that I could identify as an empath, even though we all have, we're, we're all empaths, right? We're all connected, mm -hmm. whether those senses are just like covered up, the pineal gland being, you know, calcified over all of that stuff. But they're, they're like muscles in your body where you can, you can exercise your physical body, but you can also exercise these spiritual clear senses that we're all tapped into. Some people have longer lineages where the veil has been lifted so long that it's not going to go away. But with the mass awakening and human consciousness that I've seen and I've interviewed in a lot of people that have finally found where the physical and the spiritual get to manifest in the 3D world together. Um, mm -hmm. Coming into my Claire audience was just really big for me to truly accept in myself and understand like these messages do come through. I love doing collective reading on TikTok. I'll break it down from masculine and feminine, but I still love doing collectives. And I do personal readings and I even do energy work for people locally that ask and like book some time with me. And it's honestly been one of the most rewarding things ever because it just reminds me how interconnected all of us are. Everything really is energy, frequency, and vibration. And just that, not saying like I'm a healer, but my body is a conduit for that divine energy to move through. But it is my responsibility to live my life, have my human experience. And, you know, your body really is your temple. So, like, you start learning more of your body's talking to you, like, when your shoulder hurts, this is what this means. You can start mapping Chinese meridian lines and go into releasing stuff. If you want to go and learn about any energy centers or chakras and like you can really audit yourself more on these things and give yourself the tools for these dormant powers that lie in all of us. And I think people coming together and sharing their experiences because not everybody wakes up the same. Not everybody has the same experience. We're all on our own, own path. Um, that's been one of my favorite things in the project is everybody that I talk to, um, they teach me something just by telling me the story of their life and what they're going through. Yeah. And I'm able to be like, oh man, like, you know, me too, that's happened to me or hey, it happened to me like that. And it's almost like I'm studying everything more and I have a greater awareness for not only what I'm doing here, what other people are doing here, but what the fuck we're all doing here and why like I love everybody and feel so connected because I wasn't always I wasn't always so unified in myself I really lived my life very divisive I mean I even tattooed the devil's the devil's advocate on me when I was very young because I had always felt like I had like which one am I going to listen to today what like yeah. where am I going to go where am I going to go but you want to you want to know something weird yes I have an angel and a demon right here Yes. For that exact reason. Yeah, see? Yeah, I saw it in a dream, and I woke up immediately. It was like, take me to the tattoo shop. <laughs> you know, and I there's a lot of tattoos that I actually have that I saw in dreams, and I'm like, immediately, like, mm -hmm, yep, this, this is going on. This is a reminder. This is what I need. And I think yeah, I was 18. I tattooed Karma and Epiphany on my wrists, and I would just, I'm, like, look at them and be like, okay, all right. I, I'm getting – I already know my next tattoo – and um, I'm getting a Berserker rune on me um, because I've had visions of Berserker. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
well, it's going to get in on my hand, but that can make me unemployable. So <laughs> I don't Maybe know. I it was going to be purpose. <laughs> well, it was it was going to be it was going to be a berserk the berserker rune, and then with fire behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the location might change on that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm starting to pick up some some more things, and and you you said it. You know, I'm I've gone into every situation, you know, with the with an open heart and open mind, uh, because even the smallest person in the room, the quietest person in the room can teach you something and, um, you know, or, or provoke a smile or, or, you know, an emotional change in you. And so like I go into every situation now with, with the intention of open heart, open mind, and, um, I'm going to receive something I need, even if I don't know, know I need it. I mean that too, but don't forget that your body and your, like just your body can teach you so much about yourself, like connecting back to your body. Like, especially when I first started getting into yoga, breath work, and even breath work during meditation outside of any like vinyasa practice or anything, um, yin and restorative yoga really slowed me down and taught me how to truly connect with my body and listen to points in my body that are telling me things. And the more that I listened and understood and was able to go down that path, I just felt so much more connected. And I yeah. think there's a reason that we're taught to be separate from our body, but like my hips teach me stuff and my feet and my hands and all of these different things. And when I can sit down and have that time on my mat with myself, like I come up feeling so much more empowered and it's not empowered from an outside source or even going and listening yeah. to a story. Like I get to take all of that back in and present it to my intuition and my higher self and my spirit team, whatever I'm connected with at the time. And I think that has just given me a whole new lease on life, especially in the last four years. So in April would be my four year anniversary, I believe. I'll have to count again. For all I know, it could be five, but I always tell everybody I'm four years old. Like I'm, I'm relearning everything. I'm yeah. getting rid of the programming I don't need and I'm going back through and I'm auditing everything and I'm keeping what works for me and I'm throwing out what doesn't work for me and that that's not a very traditional lifestyle so it's not but I mean what am what am I going to do when I'm so happy I don't have to go around explaining to everybody why I'm so happy and you know why I like to talk to everybody so much on zoom all the time and make my podcast and create my tie-dye and travel and I mean, music is literally like an oxygen tank to me, whether I'm in front of a live band like Incubus or Goose or Iration or Dirty Heads, you know, that makes me yeah. feel a whole different type of way. But even just putting them on at home, which I do have the new Shania Twain vinyl right here. My mom just sent it to me yesterday. Very nice. So pretty excited to dive back into those roots. But I love you coming on and sharing this new, new <laughs> version of you I think you're just gonna continue to grow and catapult and show and as always you're always welcome back to continuously tell us about your journey um, I will be doing info episodes with anybody that wants to come back on and like teach a topic or you know whatever you want to do so if you find anything in any of those degrees where you're like we must do an episode on neural plasticity um, I love breaking down parts of the body and the brain Anything like that where we can really show people to connect back into themselves and just connect back into their intuition and realize that they're not here to suffer, right? We have life lessons, but get out of your own way.
Yes. That's the biggest one. Get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so we've got TikTok that we get to follow along with you on your journey. And then you Theater also of West have, Virginia. Yes. It's, oh, I guess you didn't change it, right? Because you're did. not in Alaska anymore. Okay, yeah. great. Which it'll always be linked below. Link below. And then we can find your podcast. You have videos on YouTube and then. Uh, Apple and Spotify. Apple and Spotify. That yes. is wonderful. And if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can always find you on there too and send a message, send a comment. Yeah, yep. I'm pretty open. I'm pretty, uh, I'm always available to talk if anybody ever needs, needs you know, a sounding board or any of that. I'm, I'm great at shutting up these days, just listening. I love it. I always love our conversations. And please do me a favor, and any crystals or bracelets or anything you collect, just... Shoot me over a picture so I can smile and see see what you're into now because going there's, down those rabbit holes are great. There's actually a rock store not too far from my house where that's all they sell. Yes, there are plenty in Wichita, and I'm friends with most of the owners, and when I go in, they know I'm not here to pick up a stone or two. They're, you're I'm there like, for the bulk hey, items. Connie, I am here for my order. <laughs> And if you do go to one of those stores, one of my favorite things to do is uh, do a grab bag. It's a mystery bag for 5 10 or 15 bucks. Go ahead, fuck it, get the $15 one because it'll usually come with, you know, sage, palo santo, some stones. Um, and then my favorite is usually there's a card in there. And every time I get a grab bag, it's just like, how? How does this resonate so perfect? I did not set an intention on this. Like, again, another synchronicity, but you get to decide the way that it can be delivered in you in that format. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm My next big purchase I want to make is, is an obsidian tower. I have a labradorite tower, and it is pristine. It's also called the Dragonstone. So mm. um, I have so much selenite. Oh, my gosh. We could do another episode on my crystal collection which I, I use some for my personal use, and then I use some in my sessions. You know how people used to do, like, hot stones and yep. massage? I do that, only I do different crystals on all your chakra systems when we're going through it and, like, under the table all around. I set up a whole beautiful safe space, and we be using everything the divine will allow us to use, mm -hmm. and we'll really just work some stuff out. I'm a big fan of the calcites. I mean, man, like I said, I could talk all day about crystals. And I learn so much every time, but they, they really are a great tool to add in to anything that you're doing and meditating with is one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Real quick before we go, quick story. I, I, I teach peer work um, for the alumni program I'm in, and I even do it from here. I stay up to 1 in the morning sometimes doing these classes. And uh, – we, they always try and bring a practice in, like, like what is, you know, um, how do you calm down or are we going to process through some things that happened in the day at the beginning of class? And so one of my buddies, Carlos, he's like, hey, man, uh, you like meditation, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let's just do a grounding exercise real quick. No. He's like, I like that. I don't know how they're going to like it. And I brought it up and I heard a whole bunch of, uh, right? After that first time that we did it, I said, all right, guys, you, we, we have the option grounding or processing. They're like grounding, grounding, ground, right, grounding. And I was like, okay. And they're like, there's something about your voice because I don't do the grounding as in like, oh, 
put your feet on the ground, you know, hands on your on your laps and just just focus into the absolute nothingness of fucking space that there is. I'm like, you're encapsulated by a white light. It's warm, you know, and it, it you know, let it let it, you know, come around you and, and absorb you and then go inside and then release it. And they're like, holy shit, I can see it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you let it happen, you let it happen. It's powerful stuff. It really is. And I love that you're introducing it into the veteran community because goodness knows it, it needs it there so much. It's not just the veteran community either. It's, it's like people from, so I, I teach it from the alumni program. So it's a whole bunch of people from all forms of therapeutic courts. So like, you know, DW, DUI courts, uh, mental health courts, uh, you know, drug courts, stuff like that. And they all come together once they graduate and they feel like they want to get back to their community. And I teach them how to be peer support and how to be empathetic toward people and how to uh, address trauma and triggers and, and how to, uh, you know, do crisis intervention and shit like that. And so like part of that is like, because some of the topics are very heavy, right? We talk about suicide awareness and stuff like that. And so like being able to bring that in and, and really, you know, ground yourself getting into those heavy topics is a lot easier. And that's something I wish that we did pr- a long time ago, but we're it's doing all it coming now. Together. Yeah, Come. we're all doing it now. It's all coming together. And I hear that more and more, and it just makes me so happy. I think it is m- much needed in any therapeutic format. And I'm just speaking from direct experience and the huge catalog of books that I've been reading since yeah. I was probably 18 and continuously growing. But... You must come back. That's all. That's all I can say. Just keep growing. Whenever you're ready to come back again, reach up and be like, "Do I got another episode for you?" <laughs> Life has changed. Life has changed again. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Okay. So reach out to Sean on TikTok or YouTube. Check out his podcast, Sitting with Sean. And I've picked out a very special song for you. It is a cover, but it did used to be uh, the theme song of my first podcast. So Vitality Exposed is going to bring us Heart Shaped Box off of Neovi's album, but it originally is a Nirvana song off, their, off of their album In Utero. So um, this is completely different from Nirvana. It's a female singing it, but Neovi is one of my favorite guys. And I picked this for you today, Sean. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.